The eyes are the window to the soul, but the forehead is the window to Peyton Manning's fortunes. <laughs> but the forehead, on the other hand. Have you have you seen Peyton Manning's forehead? It's five head. I have not. Get it? Classic bit. I've, I specifically don't look at celebrities' foreheads. My favorite celebrity accoutrement is Marco Rubio's ears. Yeah, they're really? deceptively big. Well, now look I gotta up. look at Marco look up Rubio's, Marco Rubio's ears. ears. That's Rubio's what I'm saying. Ears. I feel like he, it's like Megan Fox's toe thumbs. I have never seen Megan Fox's toe thumbs. She has thumbs that look like toes. Oh, his ears are delightful. Aren't they big? Like you, when you think of Marco they're Rubio, like okay, big. everybody's like, aha, Barack Obama think has big, big ears. ears, but like Obama has big ears. Yeah. But like when you think of Marco Rubio, you don't think big ears. But then Trump's tiny then you hands. look up a picture of Marco Rubio and you're like, wow, yeah. Wow, his ears are, wow. are are just slices. That's like an absolute unit of an ear. <laughs> it's like if you took an orange peel. I mean, and you the lobe takes up half. Of, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm looking at a side-by-side of his ears and yours. And your... My ears are pretty big. Your ears big. are big, but your lobes are like maybe an eighth of your ear. They're proportional. I, his lobes I are like straight lobes. half of his Dang. ear. Poor... Poor Marco Rubio. That's why he's such a good he's listener. <laughs> in the <laughs> Oh my gosh. In the Republican debates. Man, that's so funny. Ha. This one makes his ears bigger and his ba- his ears are No, but I lo- like looking at his official Congress official ears. His official the official ears. the official ears. What I'm going to look at Marco Rubio ear dimensions. Someone's got to know. It's the internet. No. No. I don't got it. Well, at least we can start the podcast. Welcome to The Crunch. It is your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. I am shocked and odd that my ears fit inside of my headphones you are yeah i don't think well, marco rubio's ears could fit inside our headphones i don't think he could i think well because my I'm, my head is a bit of a paradox because yeah. i've got my head is in like the 14th what's the smallest head size what percentage would that be what i don't percentage i would say of I, what like of your so body nine, 99th percentile would be the biggest head size so i'm probably in like the like the 10th percentile of head size. I have a really small head. You've got a small but head. My, okay. But my ears and nose are very pronounced. It's true. And so trying to find headphones that fit is like a, because does it fit around my head? Is it too small? Like, is my head too small <laughs> for the headphones? And then also like, if you need something bigger to cup your ears, then you also get a bigger headphone. So at your head size, it's it's chaos. The fact that these headphones fit me is a, is a gift. Yeah. I just got a phone but, call. I don't know who that is. Oh, it's okay. it was probably Marco Rubio trying to hunt us down for that bit. <laughs> like, like, how dare he you? Heard, he's like, I heard you. I he's heard getting what you said right. with my big, big ears. <laughs> One text notification from Marco Rubio. Shut this down immediately, sir. <laughs> he is the senator of Florida, so he owns me. Say goodbye um, to your precious podcast. Say goodbye to your precious podcast. <laughs> along with along with the along with the uh, the football that Trump has chained to him all the time. You mean the, like uh, the the nuclear football? The new codes, yeah, yeah. It's also it's okay. also. I like, thought you meant like the XFL football that he has oh. cha- also also chained to the other wrist. No, no, no. no. I, I'm talking about the football with the launch codes underneath mm-hmm. the launch code button. Like if they get past the launch code button to get to us, that's how secret it is. Uh-huh. There's just a big picture 
of the crunch bowl and it just says shut down the crunch on it that's <laughs> and and marco rubio borrows it sometimes and just hovers his he borrows the, the nuclear football <laughs> he borrows the nuclear football sometimes his, his, his hand hovers over and he's like one of these days crunch boys one of these days i'm just gonna delete your whole podcast the whole thing and then it's I don't want to dunk on Marco Rubio too much. No, he, he time, seems like a genuine boy. My parents seems went like to a, a nice fundraiser guy. of his once. Really? Yeah, they didn't they didn't give him any money. They were just invited because my dad like did work for someone who like was hosting a campaign fundraiser. And so he did like the mm-hmm. signs for it and she mm-hmm. they like they like went for free. It was like really fancy. This really mm-hmm. fancy like mansion. They were like, we feel very fancy. I do not so come it's from like a fancy people family. people coming up to me like, sir, how much did you donate to the Marco Rubio campaign? Just chomping on, just chomping on beluga caviar. And your dad's like, I made the signs. I made the signs. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, the reason you know where to go, you know, the reason you know where the caviar is, because of me. Because of I'm, me. I, I I'm, I'm the one who who hand who hand lettered and sandblasted all of the signs that point this way to the. <laughs> This way to the money pit. This way to the 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 ball pit. That's just <laughs> this full way, of money. I imagine you can. You better believe I've never been invited to a Republican fundraiser. But there's got to be a room where it's just <laughs> it's just a solid. Bills. It's like Scrooge McDuck, but a ball pit. It's <laughs> you remember, no. It's not. It's like, like solid gold balls. It's not comfortable, but it's awesome. Do you remember how they had that vortex of money that like on the kids like Teen Choice Awards or whatever? Or, <laughs> no, but yeah, <laughs> I'm sure there's some game show where you get in the vortex and it's like whatever you grab, you get to keep. Yeah. They have that, but it's an entire room. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you get so to go all, in for like 20 minutes. You, yes, exactly. And whatever you come out with, then they take a, t- a fee off the top. They say, thanks for coming to the Republican time. Thanks for coming to Republican time with Marco Rubio. I, can't, Just I don't even ears. want to imagine. I don't even want to imagine all the all the things that they have at those events. <laughs> Political like, fundraisers in general are just... It's like Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut, but political. Yeah. <laughs> you ever seen that movie? Don't watch that no. movie. That is, that is a not recommend. <laughs> this is a not recommend from The Crunch. Yeah. No, I've never seen that movie. Yeah. Um, nor have I been Nor have I been to a political fundraiser. The only other The only other encounter with a political fundraiser that I have is that episode of BoJack Horseman where they go to a fundraiser at Mr. Peanut Butter's house and they all end up underground. And I'm assuming every other political fundraiser <laughs> I do, is exactly I do like that. that yeah, is exactly like that. Gosh, that show. I haven't. I did. Did you watch the fifth season? Yeah. Was it good? It was pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was I all the whole it, the whole but... thing was like a commentary on the show itself. Oh, so they ran out of kinda, ideas. Yeah. <laughs> No, it was funny because he's like he's like in a, I don't want to spoil it, but it's been a while. He's like in That's a, a he's in a TV show about like a really crappy guy, and the right. house looks exactly like his. Uh-huh. And the joke is like the joke is, oh well, one, our set designer went on a tour of David Boreanaz's house, and uh, from that one episode where ne- yeah, where yeah, never yeah. mind, yeah. yeah, yeah, but yeah. um, I got him. Anyway, so it's like this really this really dark and gritty um show and. They're like, are we glorifying, are we glorifying like being a bad person by portraying this character? Like is the main character being a bad person, like anti-hero, is that something that's good and something we should keep doing? And I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. That's a solid question. Because like when people relate to BoJack, are they doing that, that and then saying yeah. like, oh, it's okay that I'm a bad person Th- and then because I'm gonna go he's on still redeemable. 11 day drug bender. Yeah. It's like, it's to supposed to be an ironic portrayal. But like some people identify and like feel empowered by that portrayal, and so it's like yeah. a question of of are is like is this because the antihero trend is relatively recent. It's not 
usually like the protagonist is supposed to be someone who has like a fatal flaw that he overcomes. But mm-hmm. we write stories now that where the the hero has like fa- several fatal flaws that he can't overcome and is a slave to, and it it like reflects who we are as people, honestly. But it's it's like giving us like it's putting us deeper and deeper into this hole. I also wonder how Bob Saget feels about having a direct <laughs> parody of his television show and the character uh-huh. that's supposed to be him is like the worst person ever. Do you think that Bob Saget is like? Do the people that created BoJack Horseman know something about Bob Saget that we don't know? That's the thing, because it's like, it's obviously Full House. Yes. It's very apparently Full House. Very much Full House. No no other show that it could be. They well, even make either, a joke about... It's like, either Bob Saget or Jesse Stamos. Jesse Stamos. John, John, John Stamos. Stamos. It's Uncle definitely John, not, it's definitely not Stamos. John Stamos, because like John Stamos... He's doing great. He's in Greek yogurt commercials. He hosted uh, the 4th of July... Uh, fireworks show. On it's TV certainly this not year? Dave Couillet. Da- well, it could be <laughs> Dave Couillet. It could be. Dave. What do you What do you see about Dave Couillet in the news anymore? That's true. And and he was a stand up comedian before he started. Well, so was Bob Saget. I don't know. Yep. But it but the thing is, like either, Bob Saget's but... like the dad. I don't mm-hmm. know. It could be in all three of them. It's just they, taking just an aspect one combined of, combined one person. Yeah, you know that's terrifying. Yeah, I mean I can't imagine how you'd feel. You're like man. Is I that bad? <laughs> they turn me into a horse <laughs> that talks. They even make a joke about the two staircases that lead the same place. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do you remember that from the show? I do remember that from the show. Yeah. Anyway, BoJack Horseman. Great show. Wouldn't watch it again. <laughs> uh, hey, guess where I was this weekend? Where? Oh, wait. I you were in, in the same place I was, but like right after I left. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? We were both in that Minneapolis. That was so weird. We were like both in Minneapolis for some reason, and then I left like an hour before you got there. It sucked. I was in Minneapolis uh, because somebody paid me to come and speak, which isn't actually true. But if I say it, then maybe it'll encourage other people to do it. Um, <laughs> just put that bug in the ear. I'm kidding. I'm not. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Gosh, I just spent a lot of money on a car. <laughs> Please. This is a serious plea to everyone listening. First of all, never buy a car. Second of all, you should bring me and Patrick to your city and we will do whatever it is you want us to do. We'll, we'll do dance. literally anything. We'll wash we will your dance kids. for $200 a pop. We'll, we'll wash your car wearing crop tops and, and cut off denim shorts. Mm. We will do anything. <laughs> <laughs> we will. I'm not going to say the things. No, that this is where do. the joke ends. <laughs> yep, that's it. I don't want to put that image in the listeners' heads. Nope. I was this in Minneapolis. <laughs> I was in Minneapolis for. Drum roll, please. My godson's baptism. Dun, da, da, da. You're now a god dad. I'm now awesome. a godfather. Isn't that crazy? We talked about it a while ago, but it was the first time that I met him. Uh, he's His name's John Paul. He's only three weeks old. Aw. Everybody should pray for John Paul right now. Uh, he's wonderful. He, would, he did this thing where I was sitting in this lazy boy, and... <laughs> They, he was very asleep, and so they're like, "Ethan, now's your time to hold him because he's asleep." And I was the most inexperienced at holding babies there. Holding so babies just, is not easy. It's hard because the neck is so you have to support the neck, and if you and you don't want to hurt him, but also you need to just be confident in the way that you're going to swing him around because you just have to. It was yeah. chaos, but they were like, "Ethan, it gets easier. You, you can hold him." And so they just kind of set him on me, <laughs> and then I I felt very accomplished because I was holding the baby. And he, as he was asleep, he like wriggled and he wrapped both of his arms around my torso in his sleep. 
Is that him? He gave me a little, That's little so hug. That's so cute. Little, little, little baby hug. hug. It was hug. so sweet. And then you know how babies this... sometimes play with their fingers? Yeah. I, I saw, I once witnessed a baby like make his fingers into like little guns mm-hmm. and then and then do one of these numbers. I don't know if you if your camera was on, but I did he, see he that, did yeah. one of like those. He did like a I double mini dab, and I was like, "This baby is a legend. He's harder than me." His <laughs> so this baby's grandmother, right? Yeah. Uh, so my not my friend Josh, but his wife. Well, I, I, it's my friend. All she's your godmother-in-law. My, my <laughs> the mom of the baby, <laughs> my friend Kenzie. Yeah. Her mom was there and helping out and all these things, and she was like. I was making jokes all weekend. I was, it was just very simple stuff, just making her laugh, you know? And she was like, Ethan, where can I find your podcast? And I, you <laughs> it's very funny because she's very, she's a very innocent, you know, lady and she's wonderful. And I was like, oh, it's on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, you know, just like most places where you find podcasts. And then she is like, has her glasses, has her readers on, and she pulls out her phone. She goes, oh, so I'm on YouTube. Now what do I search? Perfect. <laughs> and I was like, no, back back up a step. Perfect. Let's search another app. And then she was trying to like pitch it to her sons because her, like, her sons were also there to support their sister's baby, you know? Of course. And they're, they're young. They're like high school aged. And... <laughs> She's like, boys, you should listen to Ethan's podcast. I think it'd be really good for you. Let's see. What's oh, the no. first episode called? Thick Boys in Heaven. And she said it without a <laughs> without an ounce of irony. And she was just genu- earnestly trying to get her sons to listen. And they both just Yay. busted up. It was so funny. Oh, my god. She's gosh. like, what did I say? What was so funny? She had no idea. Thick Boys in Heaven. <laughs> Went oh, to the wrong man. app, found the right app, read the title out loud, guaranteed that those boys will never listen to this show, and here we are. Dang it! But well, it was amazing. The baptism. If, if the baptism th- if you, was. If you are one of those two thick boys, give us <laughs> give us a ring. Give us a, let us know. Uh, but the baptism was so cool. I've never been a godfather before. I don't think I've ever been to a baptism. In I've that. already ordered like seven hits. <laughs> <laughs> I. I yeah, it was it was amazing to to be there and see him get baptized. He was screaming the whole time, and just really Perfect. cool to be there and like hold just the candle, cry out all the paganism. Yeah, hold the candle, pray. It was just yeah, it's it's hard to describe like what it feels like because I'm not really a parent. You know, I don't get to be there all the time, but the fact that I have this like special responsibility, you know, for this kid, yeah, this spiritual responsibility is. Really that you will answer cool. for on the day of your judgment. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it was it was amazing, and I got to do it with. I mean, Tracy was my is the godmother, and we rode Tracy. the car. Tracy, fan of the podcast, friend of the show. Wait, what? What? Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. She's, Are you kidding me? You hung out with Tracy this weekend. Dang we it. drove. We drove in the car seven hours up, seven hours back. We just talked the whole time. And that's in awesome. the car, she was like, "Ethan, let's record a podcast while we're in the car." And I was like, "Okay." And so she hit record and I kind of let her steer the ship and she ran out of steam about two minutes in and then she stopped it and she goes, this is hard. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's not as easy as everyone makes it sound. Yeah, it's not. That's the thing. Whenever people make fun of me for having a podcast, cough, cough, Jonathan Blevins, cough, cough. (laughs) They don't understand. It's really tough. (laughs) Yeah. Have you, you ever been a godfather? You ever been anything like that? Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. I am I am godchildless. Sad. 
I know. It's a great experience. You ever get the chance to feel sign up at the next, you know, next time they send out a sign up genius for Godparents. <laughs> <laughs> Just hit that link and subscribe. Link. Yeah. Oh man. But that was that was my weekend. It was awesome. Like That's the great. the conversations that we had that me like genuinely if we had actually recorded the real conversations that we had, it would be it would be worth a podcast. You that's know, the big, was... that's the big hurdle is like getting over the fact that you're recording yourself right now mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. actually having a legitimate conversation. Like a real, like, yeah. I dunk on people a lot when, whenever, whenever I was in high school, people were like, Oh, we should have a TV show. Like someone would say something funny. They'd be like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> like we should totally have our own sitcom or like, we should totally have a podcast. We just talk about stuff all the time. Yeah, no, it's true. It's totally true. You might like, you might have like really great conversations that are worthy of being recorded and remembered. Mm-hmm. But first of all, some things are just for you, you know, like some things are just for exactly. Yeah. And I'm getting oh, come on, phone calls. Dude. I know I keep getting phone some calls. Things are, <laughs> some things are just for us. Apparently, except this podcast <laughs> except episode this that you're just inviting, <laughs> inviting people on your contacts list to join willy nilly. <laughs> hey, anybody want to get up in this podcast? Um, <laughs> but also like also like getting over the fact that you're recording yourself is a very tough thing. Like it yeah. took it took Phoebe and I like five tries to actually get it. That's um, good. Yeah. It took so, us about a hundred. What episode are we on? It's, <laughs> it took us. It took us about like 125 tries, and we're still not there. We're still strong. Um, yeah, people. People just think they can hit record and start a podcast. You can't do that unless you're us. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's like, what, what? 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 How did you guys start? Like, what? How should I start my own podcast? I was like, well, just don't. Just don't. First of all, just first don't. of all, don't do anything that we did. Don't start don't. on SoundCloud. Don't it's have all, bad microphones. Bad uh, don't have crappy microphones. Don't talk don't, about don't dating. Think, don't think. Don't think you can get away with using your uh, your Apple earphone mic this one time. Don't do it. It was a bad episode. It sounded like yep. crap. But shout out Lauren Low Smitty. Still listen to it. Shout out. Hey. Um, loyal loyal fan, or at least at one point. Um, R.I.P. Yikes. So my my week my week was. My week leading up to Ethan's week, I was in St. Paul. So I was on the other side of the Twin Cities. I was in mm. the other twin. Okay. And um, I was doing lead St. Paul. So we were doing like a conference that we were doing like a retreat for about 30 kids, 30 teens that led up to the Steubenville conference. And I love these weeks. Like I went on a lead week when I was in high school. Uh, it like changed my life. It taught me how to pray. And so I was like, I want to do this when I grow up. And so here I am growing up doing these lead weeks. And it's really kind of a it's kind of a surreal thing because like yeah. one of my friends I remember the admissions counselor coming to talk to us when I was in lead and I was like wow these are all grown ups and then like here's one of my friends from from college <laughs> like showing up like hey guys I'm the admissions counselor I'm like what is happening <laughs> what is going on um, but yeah it was like an intense week it was probably one of the toughest uh, retreats emotionally and physically I've ever been on um, some of these kids were in like serious emotional turmoil and pain. Um, and like a lot of healing was done, but it was like not without the cost of like a lot of, a lot of personal worry and, and, mm. um, concern for some of these kids. Yeah. Uh, so if, if you're, if you were from Leeds St. Paul, shout out, you guys are awesome. Love you guys. Um, but yeah, the team, the team, me and it was each team is like four facilitators and two guys and two girls. And we had only ever met each other once. Um, two of us knew each other from college, but the rest of us, it was like four strangers coming together. The only thing we had in common was the fact that we went to the same college, and uh, we like we the, the cool thing was we came into it kind of like strangers, like oh this is fun, we have a lot in common. 
but then the week was like such a was such a, a gauntlet that we came out the end and we were like best friends and it was great <laughs> it was fun i love that i yeah. love that you you get to do the thing that you wanted to do when you were a kid because if yeah, i it's so cool if i was like oh man that was so fun i want to do that when i grow up then right now i would be handing out cheese samples at the local grocery store. <laughs> You know, I can just picture you as a little kid. Like, wow, how did you get this? Gig? How did you get the that guy's job? Like, Shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Giving people free food. Man, that's amazing. Oh, but then um, I was like, my flight was really late. And so it was really late on Friday. So I was there when the conference was just starting up. Yeah. And Joel was speaking. And so I got to, I got to have coffee with Joel. Yes. Yeah, oh, nice. How's he doing? He's doing good. We uh, we talked he we talked about. um. It was funny. We actually, on our way to the conference, we talked about, he was like, yeah, I, I think that the big regional conferences um, are like, we, he talked about exactly what we said on last week's episode. Like the oh, big yeah. regional conferences might be like becoming a little rare and we have smaller local conferences popping up. Mm-hmm. And then Father Anthony talked to me about that afterwards. And he said, he brought up the point that um, what's missing from that is parish life. Whoa. And so he thinks that, he thinks that uh, not only... I'm gonna I'm gonna paraphrase what he said. I think this is what he said. But like, not only are we gonna move away from just like conferences, I don't think we're gonna move away from it. I don't think those things are ever gonna die. Mm-hmm. But um, I think we're going. There's gonna be a greater emphasis on smaller conferences and also a focus on renewing parish life as a result of those conferences for two reasons. First of all, because parish life is important. Parish life is the heart of the church. Even though, even though we kind of see it as just a building you go to and you have potlucks there sometimes, and also because these smaller conferences, they're they're more local, so you can focus on parish. You can say like, oh, these people aren't from the diocese of so and so; they're from Holy Spirit Parish. They're not from the diocese of Pittsburgh; they're from Holy Spirit Parish. And also, speakers can come off the stage and like talk to people. Yes, but once a once a conference goes over five hundred people, you're it's very unlikely that you're going to get to talk to anyone because right. except for like six people um, because either people are just standing in line all the time waiting to talk to you or you just spend all your time talking to people and you don't spend any time like in prayer or talking to the, to the group. Um, but in a group of 500, you can at least assume like half of them don't care who you are. <laughs> uh, 25% aren't going to get the chance to talk to you because they're busy. And then that 25% can like meet you and speak with you and you can, you can talk to them and you can like give them advice or you can counsel them or whatever, or you can just take pictures and have fun. And that's great. So yeah, I think, I think, I think I like that idea. And also 500 people are a lot easier to feed. Honestly, I think, yeah, the, the idea of bettering the parish is, is all about, community at its root like obviously and something i've been thinking about a lot lately is like so i watched this video on it was an hour-long talk on elon musk okay and yeah yeah yeah. so you you have you read uh wait but why no it's a blog it's really good it's by this dude tim urban um he's given a couple ted talks like on procrastination and stuff like that you might have seen it but um he got to interview Elon Musk. Like Elon Musk reached out to him and was like, Hey, I love your blog. I want you to interview me and like go do a really long form blog post about what I'm trying to do with SpaceX and Tesla. And he was like, okay. Like as anybody would. Um, 
And so this hour-long talk, the first bit of it is just explaining like who Elon Musk is, what he's trying to do, what SpaceX is and what Tesla is and all that stuff is fascinating if you don't know anything about it. But then the whole point of the talk is trying to figure out how he thinks, right? Trying to understand how Elon Musk thinks about problems and thinks about things. And this has started a couple, like some chain uh, reactions in my brain to figure out how I think about things. Because he says, like, if you fundamentally look at a steam engine from the 1880s, right? It's the the piston moving and that turns the wheels. It fundamentally looks the same as pistons moving in a car and turning our wheels today, right? There's not much difference yeah. structurally. And so that is the is the case with a lot of things, right? Is we just kind of improve upon what's been there before because we take the conventional wisdom and we say, oh, this is probably the best way to do it. And then we just improve what already exists in front of us. And we have mm. to fit in our ideas into the currently existing uh, conventional wisdom. And he kind of talked about the in the talk, like geologists in the 1500s, you, I ha- you had flood geologists and you had uh, science geologists. And the flood geologists had to find whatever they were looking at and they had to reconcile it with, well, there was a worldwide flood that wiped out everything. So how does this fit in with that? You know? Yeah. And he wasn't trying to critique religion. It was just how people thought at the time, you know? And uh, and the science geologists are, like, much more empirical of what can I see in front of me? What does this tell me about the world? And how can I build up my understanding of the world from the ground up? And he said, why, like, everybody in the room, you know, even if religious or not, you're probably going to agree with the science geologists more often than not, just because that makes a lot more sense if you're trying to build up an understanding of something. And then he asked the question, why are we flood geologists about most of the other stuff in our lives? The internet, Hmm. economy, business, marketing, um, whatever it might be. And he said Elon Musk is so revolutionary because he is a thinker who thinks from – and all these great – it's something that all these great thinkers had in common. You know, Steve Jobs, Elon Musk, John Lennon were the examples that he were using. I mean whatever. Oh, good. It's (laughs) it's that they – I know, right? Imagine all the people. (laughs) But it's the the people who are thinking not from conventional wisdom, but from first principles. Yeah. And the the way that he put it and the way that he said it, I was just I was like, wow, I've never thought of it in that way before. Elon Musk thinks, what should space travel look like? And he builds it up from the ground. He doesn't say, what has space travel looked like in the past, and how can I build on that? He says, what should it be? If it could be anything, yeah. what would it be? Steve Jobs when he's making the iPhone, he's like, what should a mobile phone be like? Because they were, they, he wasn't thinking, oh, where am I going to put the keyboard? I have to put the keyboard in somewhere. He was thinking, what should a mobile phone be? And he put a screen on it, and that's where the keyboard is. And now it's it's all different everywhere. Yeah. And all this back to say, I started thinking of it in terms of I would love to have great community wherever I go. And I think that everywhere I go, there is a sore lack of good community. And so that's why I tweeted last week, I think, what is a defining characteristic of good community? Because I'm trying to build up an understanding of what community is from the ground up instead of basing it off of things that I've seen before, what people tell me that it's supposed to be, what I've experienced before, and trying to really get at the root of what a good, healthy community actually looks like and how I can take steps to create it wherever I am. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. 
save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Yeah, and I think it's important that you mentioned first principles because mm-hmm. when you when you go down this kind of empiricist route, you get dangerously into um, oh, what's the word? Like nominalism, sort of. It's where like yeah. nothing has absolute meaning. There, there. It's like it's a it's a divorced. It's something that's very modern. It's we divorce everything we've ever learned. Yeah. We're like, well, we can't trust it anymore. So we have to start with what I what I can figure out right now. I think, therefore, I am. It's like Cartesian, yes. right? Which yes. is which is another extreme of where he's going, where it's like you can't trust anything people have said in the past. You have yeah. to like invent everything yourself. And mm-hmm. in our short eighty years max time here on Earth, we just don't have time mm-hmm. to. We have to we have to build on yes. what we've learned in the past. But that being said, there's some like. It's like you can't really change the foundations of an edifice, right? But you can right. take a wall out, yes. Right? You can you can shift the door on. You can like open things up. You can you can mm-hmm. kind of make things a little more segmented, right? And so there are certain there are certain structures that we have here in this big old building of civilization or humanity or the church, <laughs> right? Yeah. There yeah. there are certain there are certain foundations we cannot move because they're they were put there by God. There are certain foundations we can't move because they were put there by people who are smarter than us, right? Right. Like G.K. Chesterton says, like. Don't take down a fence unless you know why it was built, right. right? I'm with you there. Yeah, and so I think I think like I, I I think it's important to say that first so that we can move forward and right. Like what are the what are the first principles of building a good community? Yeah, I think I I had a lot of people more than I thought were going to say say vulnerability and honesty. Interesting. Yeah. And my initial thought, and maybe you can help me understand why so many people said this, because in my mind. I am not planning on like, hey, Judy, are you coming to the vulnerability meeting this week? Oh, great. I'll see you there. (laughs) Like there's no – in my mind, vulnerability is not something that you have to institute. Yes. Vulnerability is a fruit of something. Yes. And that's what – but so many people said vulnerability and honesty. I'm like, what kind of communities are you people a part of that you don't (laughs) – that you are unable to be honest with those people because that's – I that's just my question. Maybe I'm completely like missing something, but well, I think I think they're saying that that's a that's an important aspect that if you don't right. have, you don't have a good community. I think but that's true. I just don't think it's as foundational as I'm trying to get. Is what I'm trying. Oh to no, say. it's not foundational. So. Well, well, you can't be vulnerable with someone unless you trust them, mm-hmm. and you can't trust someone without loving them. And I think you can't love somebody unless you spend time with them. Yeah, and so there, I think the at the base, the root of it is time spent. I was writing this down. I think I got it. Hold on. <laughs> We're off camera. I'll vamp a little bit. I'll vamp a little no, bit. No, no, no. I'm back. So I'm back. we have, a, okay. <laughs> go, you really got something good. Go ahead. I had um, nothing. <laughs> okay. So I, I was, uh, I wrote some of this down. I said, people spend a lot of time together because they want to, right? That's when a community can be considered good at its base. Yeah. People are attentive to needs within the community and are willing to sacrifice, which is great. Um, When they're faced with a challenge, they say, how can we make this happen instead of we can't do this? Mm. And the last point I had was kind of what you're saying. There's a respect for tradition, but a lack of attachment to things that don't benefit the community. 
Yes. Okay. And I think those are like the big things that I came up with that I'm like, this is what I really want in. I just want people to spend time with each other. I'm tired of people living in their own stupid bubble. Yeah. <laughs> Can I start respect calling it that? For tradition, respect okay. for tradition mm-hmm. with a non-attachment, with a, with a disassociation from non-essentials is so, so important. Yes. A respect for tradition, but disassociate from things that don't matter. I would love it. I would love it if all the parishes in Pittsburgh had this. I would love it even if just friend groups had this. That's a good point, honestly. Because there's, I I think of like in high school, you know how we had band? <laughs> and there's my brother just this morning. He is a, he's the section leader for the trumpet section. That's my boy. That's my son out there. Um, That's my, my large son. My large son who's bigger than me and tanner than me and just all around better looking. What were we talking hey, about? Are we talking about Nick or are we talking, <laughs> talking about your brother? We're talking about Ryan. <laughs> Um, My little brother Nick is the same way. Your brother Nick is amazing. I've never met him, but I want to. I met somebody who played football at Florida Tech, by the way. Oh, really? In an in a Chipotle in Ames, Iowa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I know. Isn't that crazy? He just sat down next to me. They might know each other me. eventually. He sat down next to me with a Modelo in his burrito bowl. He said, I played football at Florida Tech. And I was like, all right, that's awesome. I'm happy he just for said you. That? He just said he, that? He just kind of, it was, well, he might have made some introductory remarks, but it was the first the, he kind of he just, he waddled up and just plopped himself down and just started swearing at me and Tracy and like, <laughs> it was just so like he was trying to be friendly but it was so bizarre he's like what are you what are you guys doing I'm like oh we're Catholic missionaries going to baptism he goes I was raised Catholic I was like uh nice <laughs> um anyway it's just weird evangelization time <laughs> um so Ryan is a is in the band right and yeah. he he's a section leader and every year at band camp the section leaders will go. And kidnap the new members of the marching band at like four mm. in the morning, take them oh, out to no. IHOP, right? They they go get breakfast together before band camp starts at seven o'clock or whatever. That's kind of cute. Okay. Which is amazing, right? And I it's in terms of tradition that can exist within a friend group, that's awesome. Like the, I love that that is something that was passed down to me and then I pass it down to the people past me, and now my brother's doing it. You know, he's five years younger than me and he's still doing this. Um and those are the kinds of things that I'm looking at and that's just a silly example, but something where people are willing to sacrifice by getting up at three in the morning so that they can all meet up. They can go into, they have to call all the parents and say, Hey, we want to come in your house at four in the morning and blast an air horn at your kid. Like, can we do that? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Like that takes a lot of effort and work. And I think what we're missing today is that it's so easy to have the sense of community with social media that there's no work ever. And so when you have an idea to do something like, Oh, let's do this together. You know, we used to do this. We used to do that. People are like, eh, you know, and they, they, they will abandon the tradition and they will also, they won't abandon or when they talk about like the non-essentials, they just will obsess with the non-essentials because that's all yeah. that's, those are other oftentimes the things that take the less, the least amount of effort because they can just yeah. hold on to something without it changing or being difficult or having to sacrifice. I can't think of a good example, but maybe you have a better um, idea. Yeah. So I, I think, I think households at Franciscan get like this a little bit. Okay. They like obsess over um so I would say I would say an essential tradition mm-hmm. of my household fishers is like our foundation in evangelization, right? Okay. And that's not something that we focused heavily on, but we we would focus very heavily on um so we didn't have 
this is going to sound extremely stupid. And I started, I started getting out of this when I was senior because I was like, this is kind of dumb. But we had this running joke where our girlfriends were called mermaids. I've told you this. I don't know if you have. But it's just kind of like this this goofy thing that we did. Okay. And um, but another thing that when when you broke up with your girlfriend, the guys apparently before I got there they would call them sirens. Oh. Um, and this is this is terrible. This is just like a plot of the episode H two O just add water from Teen Nick. <laughs> but like the thing the thing was like it, it was a, it was it was funny. It, it, was until, it until it was like kind of funny until a guy breaks up with his girlfriend and then it's not funny anymore because it's like this re- and like guys would call them sirens. He's like, guys, like she's a good person. Like, she's still a lady. She's still a human being. She's and, still. Yeah. And we got, we got rid of it. Like it was at, at a certain point. Um, it was like this, this is all before I, before I got there. So like when, when I, broke up with my girlfriend back then i was oh, like no. hey guys we ended on good terms and like she's still a cool person so please don't refer to her like that please don't call making... her a deadly creature yeah. from greek mythology because it Thank like you. it's kind of making things worse you know and so they were like oh okay let's stop it so that that's a that's a good example of like yeah getting rid of a non-essential because it you realize that's like oh well it's not just like times mm-hmm. change it's like oh that was actually never a good thing but something else we used to do was we used to we for for girls that were like friends of the household but like not really a, not really like related to like the household they, they weren't dating anyone we would or friends of the household we would just give them the title goldfish okay it's like kind of cute you know it's yeah, like yeah. oh you're a goldfish but it eventually got to the point where people heard about this and they like wanted to be one they're like what uh, can i do to yeah, be one? yeah and so because it just got so out of hand we had to like stop cancel doing it. it yeah we just had to cancel it so like but people got so obsessed, and like there, we were, we would have like we'd have like twenty minute discussions during business meeting about what constitutes a goldfish, how many how many commitments do they have to come to, how many um, how many people do they have to know in household, like do we have to put it to a vote, do they have to take a test, and I'm like, guys, this isn't fun anymore. This yeah. is no longer fun. You guys are ruining <laughs> the good things about what we have going here. So yeah, it's like it's like over focusing on these these non essential mm-hmm. traditions can can like make it can make mm-hmm. them not fun, but then when you lose like the the heart of the household is like evangelization it's like why why don't we focus on that anymore um, yeah. because it's it's harder to focus on like this this tradition of it's hard to focus on that cuz it's more abstract yeah. right it's not like a tangible thing you can you can focus on it's why people focus on latin in the mass right as opposed to the tradition of the latin church yes it's like we focus on the we focus on on what tangibly we can see like oh i i know i'm saying on you stay instead of lamb of god that makes me feel good about myself it's something tangible way to connect to the past, but it, it doesn't it doesn't require any um, yeah any effort on my part to change. My Someone life. is going to flame you for claiming that Latin is non essential to the faith. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah. I'm just warning you uh, now. That's that's fine. That's totally okay. fine. I um, love uh, the Latin Mass. I do too. You got to say that it's like I will. It's like, on, I it's like that episode of Seinfeld. Like not uh, that there's anything wrong with that. Not, not that there's, there's anything, anything wrong, wrong with, with that. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I will have to admit, though, that when I was in uh, Minneapolis, we were trying to figure out what mass to go to on Saturday. And there was a mass that was a mile away from us, but it was at 830 in the morning and it was in Latin. And there was a mass that was later in the morning that was like six miles away from us and it was in English. And Tracy's like, oh, let's just go to the one close. And I was like, what if we went to the one that was not in Latin and it was n- not super early? 
and I felt kind of bad. So I was like, should I just go to the Latin? But no, I was, I stayed strong. <laughs> I have to stay, <laughs> keep a consistent brand identity to make sure that the trads don't think <laughs> you got to go to the Novus Ordo. <laughs> yeah, I have to, at this point I've defended it so darn much. Um, uh, man. but so even just among, I'm trying to think of how this applies to non-structural community. Like, a. I don't know. Like it like neighborhoods used to have block parties. Do they yeah. do people still do that? Like I'm I'm not talking like in the 2000s. I'm talking back in the 50s and the 40s. Post-war block party. Post-war block parties. <laughs> World like, War 2's oh, over. Kids are back from the kids are back from shooting Nazis. My gotta... son Johnny has one arm left. Let's make an apple pie. <laughs> America. <laughs> This, this is exactly what America looked like. That's and what if, it was. If you tell me anything else, I will say you're lying to me. That's and exactly what America looked like forever. Maybe I'm romanticizing something that didn't actually exist, but no, it's I have definitely to, what happens. I have to Walt imagine Disney, Walt Disney World has corrupted your memory of what the 1940s looked like. <laughs> in well, it's also there's this weird like, I, I uh, human history has existed for so much longer than the American country has existed. Yeah, and so thinking back, like what was community in europe what was community in asia what was community like all across like developed humanity for the past yeah. thousands thousands and thousands of years what did it look like what were the what were the common things and i think there it goes back to like people were spent time together whether they i mean it was a forced like geographical thing or it was because of some sort of religious uh motivation to spend time together and sacrifice for each other Fam- I, I don't know it was, it was fa- family family, it was family. It family. was family. Okay. Family. Yeah. Family. It was family. It was your clan. It was your tribe. It was your, like, the people you live near were your family. Yeah. So do we need to treat each other as family more or just? Well, I think f- first married. and foremost, okay. yes. We, we do need to do, we need to do that. But first and foremost, we need to love our families. Like, our the family is the first society. That's always, that's the human, human history started with a family. Like, the, the, the first civilization church. God created was a family. Yeah, what? you're right. I just said the domestic church because I was memeing it. Yeah, the domestic church, and then the the, the primary catechist, and then um, and then like, of course, the family was broken by yeah. sin. Yeah, and so Christ came to recreate the human family by giving us like a taste of the perfection of it in the church. And so like, mm-hmm. the church in a sense is like this supernatural family that we have to protect and cultivate. And I think that takes it back to the parish. Is like that's what that's why the parish is so important. Mm-hmm. Um. You say non-structural community. I think that's an oxymoron. I don't think it is. I mean, like, community that doesn't exist because of something. What do like, you define? What do you define as structure? Because I don't. Well, I, guess I don't. I don't I'm, see I guess community it, like a bunch of planets like colliding into <laughs> each other and making Earth. You know, it's yeah, like okay. I get what you you're can saying. you can never you can never have community without someone being like, hey, do you guys want to meet up at blank? And that's structure. Yes. Whether you like name the group, mm-hmm. but you're all together because of some school, work, church group, buildings. You all go, you're all in the same bathrooms. Like, These are where yeah, the bathrooms you, are. So that's our roommates, community. You know, it's like this is where the farms are. So that's yeah, where you're our all, community there's is. There's always some kind of structure that provides yeah. a community. Okay, okay, it's okay. Just, yeah. So it's, <laughs> I agree with you. Okay. So structure is important. Yeah. And you know, something that keeps you guys together. Yes. Yeah, and then that just goes back to like, I, I hear about people who are at other like campuses, 
mm-hmm. and Texas A&M comes to mind. I think I've talked about it on the podcast before, but this is radical. Maybe people don't think that this is actually a good community, but they they will go to mass together at five or whatever, and then they'll eat dinner together, and then they'll all go to one person's house, and they'll do homework and hang out for the rest of the night until everybody goes to bed. Hmm. And they do that every day. Every day? Every day, like every weekday. And then on wow. the weekends, it's like, what are we doing together? You know, it's just an assumed reality that this is how things work in this community. Yeah. Not to say, not to say that that's like not exclusive. Cause I'm sure that there's elements of like, we're doing this and this is our friend group and you guys can do whatever you want. But that's just, yeah. I've heard from many, 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 many people from different sort of circles that that's how things go and that they love it. Mm-hmm. And that's not there is some kind of exclusivity to friendship though. There is. I, yes. Yeah. And so I'm trying to figure out how does that work in other aspects. College is unique in that you can have crazy community like that and it's normal. But I'm thinking for the future, like when I have a wife and kids, are we actually friends with our neighbors? I remember – do you know Seinfeld? You just referenced Seinfeld. I referenced Seinfeld, but that's like one of the references I know. Well, Kramer's always coming in and out. Elaine's always coming in and out. George is always coming in and out. And they're not – Granted, they don't have kids, but they have a, a community, right, within amongst yeah. themselves. And there's a lot to be said about that show. But I think one thing is, is that the, the freedom and the comfort that they have in just going to one another's apartments and just being together all the time. Um, would that change if they had were married and had kids? Probably. Yeah. But but I don't think it has to change so drastically that, oh, we're, we're in our – our suburban bubble and I'm never going to go out of it because I've got children, you know, this, this great weight on both of my legs that are super cute and adorable, but they're called Burton. They are my, my, they are my young, my young, my, the The fruit of my looms, my sired (laughs) boys. (laughs) No, I think, I think, so where does um, that happen? Quite the opposite. What do we do? I think that, I think that having children opens your family up more, Right. Because, I mean, it's like there, there's there's a there's a there's exclusivity in friendship, right? And marriage is the height of friendship. There's this hyper exclusivity in marriage. You should never walk into a newlyweds apartment unannounced. That's just bad news. Oh like that's a yeah, bad, that's a bad idea. Because you know what's going to be happening. Yeah, they're, they're going to be, gonna their be discussing yep. their future at the kitchen table over a cup <laughs> of gonna joe. They're going to be budgeting their incomes. They're going to be looking out the window and saying, man, I wish we could move and have a better view. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> they're, they're going to be, be like. Saying. Anyway, but um, <laughs> when, saying, when they have kids and their kids get older and their kids like can like bring their friends over. I mean, my mom had an open door policy, right? Like, I mean. You you remember when you were in, you were in, you were in school and you just went over to your buddy's house and you opened his fridge and just took something out of his fridge and you were like, "This is normal." No, I didn't have that. You never did that. Never no. had a friend like that. Yeah, that's maybe that's why I struggle with it so much is because I didn't really have that until much later in life. Like when I first like Josh, right? He's the dude whose kid I just went to his baptism. Yeah. When him and I first started hanging out and going over to his house, he showed me like hospitality in a way that I hadn't really experienced before of like, Mm. dude, sleep here, eat whatever you want. Do you want some, do you want this? Have the rest of it. Do you need a drink? Let's (laughs) go get something. Right. Like, and he would just get it, get it for me. And I was like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. You're my friend. Like, why wouldn't I do that for you? And I was like, Oh, like I was, (laughs) I was shook. So yeah. Like when, when, when I was, when I was in high school, my, my friends all came over one time 
to like meet my new dog because we my dog max we found him under my dad's tree he was like he was like shade, finding shade underneath my dad's truck and we found him we kept him uh-huh. um and they were like let's come let's come see the new puppy and so they all came over and they were like talking about how they were going to go to taco bell my mom was like um no like i just made stir fry shrimp and rice you guys i can make more you guys can have some like we mm-hmm. don't want to trouble you she's like no come on sit down and so three of my friends just came in we had like a a talk we like watched a movie we played a game together we ate wow. food and it was like this random hangout they were just gonna go to taco bell but they ended up staying at my house that's what i'm saying it's like yeah. family tends to open those doors yes when you when you have when you have a when you have kids you start to like open doors and not necessarily having kids but it's like when you start to become this more like i mean the if, if family is the core of society right if the, if the family is the core of community whether physical or spiritual that means that in order to start a community, you have to have some kind of like spiritual father or mother, mm. right? Like a good, long-lasting community. And like you and I don't say that. Like we we might not think that right away because we're used to these like communities of all the same age. Yes. Because when that's what that's how it is when you're a kid. Right. And in college, it's this weird like bachelor community where you're like all getting to know each other and you're like trying to trying to date and get trying married. To, it's, weird. it's just a big but, sex pile. <laughs> name of the episode it's not um oh gosh that would get people to listen though yeah i know thick boys in heaven and big sex pile what is this podcast about (laughs) what is this podcast this is like they they got they got weird they stopped caring what people think um one of the best parts about my young adult group in houston was we kind of had like a spiritual mom and dad not Mm -hmm. that they were the oldest but like they were the people whose house we went to yeah and so like they kind of were like kevin and sarah were kind of just like and maybe because I was younger than them and I lived at their house, but still, it was it was that it was that kind of thing. I think that I think we think of, I think another thing community has to have is age differences. The, actually, Catching Foxes replied to our my tweet, and they were the only ones that said this. And they said, "Mix of religious singles and married persons, booze, yeah. parties past midnight." <laughs> yeah, no, that's 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 which a is, good thing, which is incredible. I. So also, I'm, that's definitely Luke that wrote that. Oh, parties yeah. past midnight because well, <laughs> Gomer's not on Twitter. <laughs> I, <laughs> he's too good for it. I think I this also plays into something that I've been thinking about too is that I would love to have more mentors in my life like older yeah. men and women who know what's going on about different things like something me and Tracy talked about is I would love to have a finance mentor and a health mentor and a podcast mentor um, and we shouldn't be afraid to shoot big you know when we ask for those things because why not who's going to say no yeah. So it's just thinking about that and then maybe just on a local level, uh, yeah, inviting people into what we're doing mm-hmm. all the time because that's so good for young people. And I don't know tangibly what that looks like or practically. I'm you need, you need big brothers, you need big sisters, little brothers, little sisters, moms, and dads. That's something you need. Mm-hmm. Um, Which you and can't, it's not something that everybody really have, has naturally. Well, you don't also have it in like – a college situation usually. Yeah. That's the thing. It's real tough. I, know. I mean, you kind of do, but so like, I just kind of have to be the you dad. Don't. Oh yeah. What? Well, what if we all, here's an idea. You say we need spiritual fathers. I know a channel on YouTube that has lots of clips of Regis Philbin just talking. <laughs> and so I think if we got people together and we watched that on the reg, him and Meredith Vieira, we could get our spiritual mother and our spiritual father. That's I mean, it, having, right not, there. Without even leaving the house. Who wants to be a millionaire and family? Me, I do. I always mix up Regis Philbin and Pat Sajak. They are so different. Pat Sajak. Nope. No. Yes. Regis, 
I don't even no, I'm not even gonna entertain the thought that they're similar. Regis Philbin is a five foot six firecracker. Okay. <laughs> Pat Sajak is is has been standing on TV for longer than TV's existed, and it's time for him to retire. <laughs> Regis is a national treasure. Pat Sajak is an imposter. He got his. He Didn't jacked, Regis Philbin get in trouble for something? Recently? He might have, and I if I he if he did do something, then I'm not going to defend him for it. But as of right now, did he my, get canceled? I think he got canceled. I think he got canceled. I think he's too old. <laughs> Poor guy. It's definitely a generational thing. He got replaced by bit, Michael Strahan, so he got replaced by a dude who can't say half of the alphabet because of a gap in his mouth. So that's that tells you how bad it is. Oh, Sorry, Michael Strahan. We all everybody knows. Look, I'm not saying all these like all these cancellations are a generational thing, but all I'm saying is you don't see any millennials walking around butt naked in a YMCA gym locker room. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, I'm not any, saying anything about age differences between us and the older generation. But but, but I, I know that's it. I'm not saying anything about the That's difference. not it. I'm not saying anything. Okay. I'm not saying anything. Oh man. But I've never seen a young person hurl a corn dog onto the field at a sporting event. That's that's, <laughs> that's just that's just a fact. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, well. That was a pretty good episode. Thanks. I'm glad that we got to hash out some ideas. I'm really Yeah, cuz like I really am in need of of a spiritual fatherhood and Patrick you're younger than me so I can't ask you to do it so I can't I can't be I'm in need of you. community I'm in need of family You could ask Father Anthony but you have to move to Pittsburgh so Papa Shrapa No that's Nick oh. Nick is Papa Shrapa Well I'll ask Nick to make Father Anthony jealous then I'll have two two mentors <laughs> that'll have two dads <laughs> two dads Oh man we're so modern Um uh. I think yeah, so we're gonna have a live show this week on Wednesday night. Patrick we had has a been live show this week. This we episode is coming oh, out after no. the live show goes up. Well, that sucks because <laughs> no point in advertising it now. Actually, no point talking is. about it. Well, we can we can still talk well, about it because it was open only to our patrons. Right. So if you love us and you love what we talk about and you want to hear maybe our sillier, wackier, zanier side, check out our Patreon. Give us a quick quick donation. Just. $5 a month will give you access to the Patreon or to the live, uh, what do you call it? Live, live show. show. Live show, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that's it. That's all you need. Uh, yep, that's all to, you need. And the thing is, I think I think the live show is going to replace our bonus podcast because we just don't do the bonus podcast. We did record a bonus podcast today, but that's just because I need yeah, to hash out some stuff. Yeah, bonus podcasts are always like, if we happen to remember it, we'll do it. But I really like doing the live shows. Yes. I really like doing that. It's just kind of fun. I and like so the I think audience have interaction. More of a mo- yeah. What? I just like interacting with the audience live. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's almost it's, as it's if people should invite us to record live in their city of choosing so that we can dance yeah. in Daisy Dukes and pour ranch dressing on each other. <laughs> <laughs> you won't be able to tell there's anything on us. We're both so white anyway. Exactly. Pat, do you have anything else for the people? Vote Team Pat, say Jack. We're going to beat Team Lee. Thank you for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We will see you. You know. 
know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.